BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, everyone. Welcome inside our Bears Talk podcast. I'm Chris Bowden alongside our CSNChicago.com Bears insider, John Moon Mullen, coming to you from Hallisall after Ryan Pace, John Fox, jointly addressed the press, whether they liked it or not. They had to do it together. Um, but uh, they went a good 40, 45 minutes or so here um, this week. And uh, as they wrap things up, uh, reflecting some 72 hours after the end of the season, I'm sure they wanted to be in lockstep on, on what they wanted yeah. to say. That yeah. was part of putting those two guys together. But uh, what in particular stood out to you, Moon? What's uh, what, what might be the headline if we're to create a headline out of this press conference? You know, Chris, there's probably a, a lot of individual ones here that the fact that the coordinators are coming back, that uh, quarterbacks is such a priority, that Alshon Jeffrey is clearly not out of the plans, you know, individual things. But, you know, I think maybe one thing that struck me was the, I want to call it the ferocity exactly but the passion with which Ryan Pace in particular said this wasn't good enough you know so he didn't dwell on and I think fans would have been kind of sick of this on how the team kept fighting and all that kind of positive stuff there were some good things but he was I could just tell by the set of his face he was not they were really unhappy with the way this year went and he even said injuries were the answer were a problem but not the only issue so mm-hmm. you know I, I sensed a real anger or a burn about this whole thing. I think mean, obviously this is the first time in his 28 years as an assistant head coach or whatever that John Fox has had back-to-back losing seasons. I know talking to a private, he didn't like it. I mean, and it was really it grates on him. This is not where he wanted to be at this point in his career. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's something to take out of it from yeah, Pace having that burn. But I think he also recognizes that um, – while being given a, a fairly loose leash mm-hmm. up until this point, and yeah. while they are still remain support in this building, I think um, he probably senses as as much as the fans do that there's going to be an urgency to this mm-hmm. this coming season, this off season first. Yeah, and they have a great opportunity a couple weeks from now down in Mobile um, to get some firsthand experience, but also urgency to the off season and urgency to make significant steps forward, at least to the yeah. naked eye hopefully in the standings as well. Yeah, I don't think they'll be doing things to mollify the fan base. I, mean, I don't think that would be a good idea. That's like just drafting a quarterback because we want to have a sexy draft choice or something. I don't think they'll be doing that. But I, interesting talking to these guys both publicly and privately. And, and Fox, they've even said this. This year was way below their expectations. And again, everybody can say, well, I knew they'd only be a five-win team or this or that. But they didn't see it that way. So I think that along with last year, the same thing. They didn't see themselves as a six-win team. Fox had told me before the season, we're going to be a lot better than people think we are. So I think these two years jolted him a bit. And again, I think, again, never having this experience, it's a good thing. I think it, I think it relit a fire, roll up his sleeves, and really make something, because he likes this team. I know that there's a lot of liking the players. Certain guys like Leonard Floyd, Akeem Hicks, Pernell McPhee, Willie Young, uh, those are his kind of guys. So he does not 
he's looking at this team saying, wait, I got a great locker room. These guys buy into my plan. What's our problem? Mm-hmm. So, and, and I think, again, it doesn't, attitude doesn't solve anything, but if you don't have that attitude, that burn, you won't solve anything. A couple minutes from now, we'll bring you a sit-down conversation I had with Ryan Pace following that press conference. Uh, we talk on a variety of subjects, including the necessity of that number three pick that he doesn't want ever again, <laughs> that number three <laughs> overall pick, on whether it's necessary to have a day one starter or not. He'll address that, uh, among other things, uh, that you'll hear in a couple of minutes here on our Bears Talk podcast. A um, lot of rumors and reports throughout the course of uh, – a three and thirteen season about harmony, um, but you know we get the sense once again, uh, yeah, there there should be some degree of changes, and we've had some reports that there will be some changes of the coaching staff, but um, still addressing once again how much harmony there was between John and Vic, mm-hmm. and where Dow Loggins fits into this equation, and even George McCaskey coming out afterwards and saying, no, a, a consultant, right. you know, w- was never considered here, or else I'm, I'm, I'm stripping some of the powers right. I gave Ryan Pace two years ago. Yeah, this was his guy. I mean, he, he put Ryan Pace, you know, he, he missed on the Phil Emery pick, or the organization did, so I think he's going to give this guy, he cut that off after two years, but if you want to compare and what George McCaskey would be looking at, you saw such disharmony, such a complete breakdown under Emery and Tressman, as opposed to what you have now. So if you get it, that doesn't make them good. But if this were the train wreck, this, if this were another train wreck, I, I don't know that the, you know, these guys would be back. Plus, we'd probably be, be talking about Cleveland or Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he's going to give he's, – he's giving them some patience, but he expects some results – he does not expect three and thirteen again. Right, right. Uh, you mentioned uh, Alshon Jeffrey and uh, perhaps that door opening a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the other wide receiver in Kevin White. And Ryan Pace is pretty adamant that he is still going to be the player that yeah. they selected two years ago. And he's going to have that speed. You know, it was always funny because people said, "Well, they should have scouted him better at the combine." He was obviously that stress fracture must have been there at the combine. Well, he ran four three five. And if you run a four three five, I'm going to say, give me one of those. I'll give me a stress <laughs> fracture. Um, but no, the, the I think they're looking at that as the injuries to Kevin White being broken bones, which is a whole lot different than a torn ligament or, you know, soft tissue, serious soft tissue injury. They do think he can come back from this. And if you want to take heart as a Bear fan, you know, they were unfortunate to have to go, you know, say goodbye to once upon a time to Mark Colombo who then went on to have a pretty decent mm-hmm. career with the Dallas Cowboys after having horrendous injuries in the first two years of his career. So I, I don't think their optimism is, optimism is false or misplaced. I think this is those are injuries you can come back from a lot faster and a lot better from than like a torn ACL. We'll uh, talk a little bit more about uh, how – John Pace and uh, John Fox and Ryan Pace. I'm putting them. I'm, I'm melding Interchangeable. them together there. Um, yeah, address some of the uh, uh, other questions throughout the press conference. That one we return. But first, we want to uh, send you to my uh, sit-down conversation I had with General Manager Ryan Pace following the press conference. Uh, we also want to encourage you to subscribe as well to our Bears Talk podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, and Google Play. Moon and I will be back in a few minutes after. You hear this from Ryan Pace. It's sports. It's social. It's viral. It's Luke Stuckmeyer and Layla Rahimi, and it's the Next Generation Sports Show. In the Loop, every night at 630, 10, and 1030 on CSN Chicago. And as soon as the show ends, turn to Facebook Live for the after show. Ryan, how would you uh, characterize the first two seasons here for 
fans who only see 9 and 23. Yeah, I think, you know, coming into this, I, I knew what we were getting into. I knew there'd be a lot of heavy lifting that would have to take place. And uh, the competitor in me uh, kind of enjoys the process. Uh, these times are painful. It's hard. Um, three wins um, is, is unacceptable. Um, but the silver lining behind it is I do think as you look deeper, you see a lot of younger core players playing well. It's important that we can continue to add to that group. This offseason is significant, and we got a lot of opportunity ahead of us. We better take advantage of it. I want to ask you about that. What, what, there's always urgency. Yeah. What do you feel the degree of urgency is this offseason? Yeah, I think the urgency is amplified a little bit because of where we're picking in the draft. I mean, picking three in the draft is significant, you know, and, and hopefully we're not there ever again, you know, but we better take advantage of it while we're there. Um, and also, as I talked about in the press conference, the, uh, the cap space we have. There's a big uh, responsibility with that, and you've got to be calculated and smart with all these decisions. Picking number three, do you need a day one starter? I think when you're picking top five, you're looking for an impact guy. Now, different positions will have different uh, expectations, maybe, you know, depending on who you're picking. I mean, the quarterback's a position we talk a lot about. I mean, sometimes playing a young quarterback right away isn't the best thing. So um, you just got to look at who it is and what position it is. You mentioned quarterback. so. I know when you came here, you talked about wanting ideally to pick a quarterback in every draft. And looking back at the last two years and the situation you were kind of forced into at that position this year, any regret that you didn't have an opportunity to take one there? I know there were so many needs you had. Exactly. Have. And I really think it has to align. I mean, I don't want to, you know, uh, take a quarterback that we're not all on board on just because we're taking that we got to take the position. You know, it really has to align for you. And I think as you got deeper into the roster, you realize, hey, there's a lot of critical needs that we have to address in other areas. And so that's kind of what we were doing. And I think there'll be a point in time uh, when a quarterback is going to be addressed. And I think you better be equipped to handle that quarterback. And I think there's some teams, we look at Dallas right now, and I think they're a great example of a team that is in a, in a position to really uh, acquire a quarterback and let him flourish. Yeah. How do you feel about your quarterbacks on your roster right now? They're all, they're all different. Um, they, they've all had good moments. Um, we've played so many different ones. You know, it was hard to find a kind of a rhythm and a continuity this year. It was good was we found out a little bit about each guy. Um, but that's an area we want to create competition. I mean, when you only win three games, we're trying to create competition everywhere. And, and I, as I said before, I fully understand the magnitude of that position and how critical it is that that position is right. Um, I've been places before where that position can kind of carry the team. And, uh, and we've got to get that decision right. And again, a lot of things are on the table right now. How do you feel about your first two first-round draft picks? Um, Kev, Kevin's thing is, is just, and he, and he knows this, the stigma on him is going to be his, his durability. And, and he's motivated uh, to prove people wrong. He's got a chip on his shoulder regarding that. He's working really hard right now. I think we saw, we started to see right before the injury this season where, okay, here he comes. Um, some of that explosiveness. And I think we'll get that back. Um, this isn't a long-term thing. It's something that's fully recoverable. And he should be back for the offseason. And I'm just excited to see his growth. He knows what he needs to do. Um, and he's driven because of that. Leonard Floyd, I think he's the explosive player we expected. I mean, he's naturally going to get a little stronger and bigger as time goes on. Uh, we're conscious of him not losing all those traits that he has in regards to his explosiveness, his, his athleticism, his speed. But uh, I think he can be an impact player for us for a long time at a really important position, pass rusher. How much is uh, the young player's growth 
affected by these injuries. Is that kind of the most disappointing thing? You had to get through a season with only three wins, but you didn't have the opportunity or the injuries prevent the opportunity for some of these young guys to really grow. Yeah, that's a good question. The injuries, two things happened. The injuries in some ways forced some young guys to grow, like like Kwiatkowski's and, and Cam Meredith took advantage of it. And really an injury forced Jordan Howard to get out there sooner and flourish. So in some ways, there's a silver lining to the injuries. But in other ways, and we talk about year two growth with a lot of these draft picks, the fact that um, Kevin White and Eddie Goldman and Hernan Scrasso are hurt, uh, you know, that, that, that hurts their second year growth. The good thing about each one of those guys is their professionalism and their work ethic. I think that they'll overcome that. So. Um, do you have any more clarity about Alshon Jeffrey's value to this team after after this season? Yeah, and it's not just the games; it's being with him every day. I mean, when you first get in here, year one, I mean, you're you're trying to learn every single thing about your roster, not just the not just the player on the field, but the the makeup and the heart of the person. So I think just being around Alshon. All, you know, for two years now, I have a really good feel for who he is and how, how driven he is and how much of a team guy he is. I mean, Alshon wants to win more than anybody. And I see Alshon after a game in this season, and you know, he's passionately hurt by these losses. And, and that means a lot to me because I feel the same way. You're sick to your stomach. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, he missed four games this year. And again, I don't think he really got, it was hard to get in a rhythm with a lot of the changes that we had. But he's a talented player. And that's going to be a really important decision this offseason. Where do you think your team's strengths are right now, two years in, and how close do you feel to getting whatever identity you want this team to have? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the, I, again, I like, I like the makeup and the culture and the character of the team. That, that's kind of the first thing. We've got to get that right. You've got to get rid of any bad guys and make sure that's right. Uh, and then your roster can kind of flourish from there. I like a lot of the young talent that we've talked about, whether it's Cody Whitehair or Floyd or Meredith or Howard, you know, kind of have a base foundation of young talent. Now it's on us to build on top of that foundation and keep on adding more guys. Um, that's going to be real important going forward. So, How do you uh, feel in terms of the support you're getting? And, and I know we talked at the start about having only nine wins. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you feel a certain amount of pressure. What what's what it's what has it been like upstairs, uh, especially this past season, from the people around you? Yeah, I, it's actually been really good, you know. And I think it's I think it it stems from good communication. And hey, I, I'm as frustrated as anybody, and 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 I get it, you know. And and this is hard, but these tough times can kind of bring us closer together too, and kind of lock us in, and you're a little more driven. I mean, there's teams. Recently that we look at in Dallas and Oakland and go on and who have, have kind of quickly flipped it But they've done it the right way through through building through the draft and developing players and sometimes It's a little painful and sometimes there are some growing pains and sometimes your patience gets tested and I get that But I think you can't let that deter you from doing things the right way and staying on the course of building a team the right way Is that kind of the message you'd like to? Give fans here as, as, uh, as yeah. we wrap up here. Yeah, it, it, it's hard. I get it. I mean, I, um, I, I totally get it. And it, and, it, and it bothers me when I, when, I, when I walk through the stands or through the tailgates and, you know, I see a lot of fans wearing old jerseys from players that are no longer here. And I get it. You know what? It's on me to add talented players where they're proud to wear a new player's jersey that we have because that guy's out there making plays and, and winning games for the Bears. And I appreciate them. I know how passionate they are. I'm equally as passionate, and I promise you we're going to get this rolling.
CSN Sports Talk Live podcast brings you the freshest takes and boldest insights on the hottest topics of the day. David Kaplan leads the conversation with a rotating panel of writers, reporters, and personalities. Don't miss a single episode. Subscribe at csnchicago.com slash podcasts today. Now back with John Moon. Moon, hope you enjoyed our conversation there with uh, Ryan Pace. Hopefully providing a little bit of insight and answering some of the questions that you folks may have as well. But for the here and now, more questions for Moon. Mm-hmm. Um, as uh, we reflect back on this uh, press conference from Wednesday afternoon, and uh, a lot of people for the first couple of years, now that John Fox was hired by Ryan Pace, really wondering, all right, who's pulling the strings here? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, who's puppeting who, uh, if it even comes to that situation. But um, again, a pretty united front between the two of them. Unfortunately, we can't go behind closed doors, but uh, I don't know. I, for one, have never gotten the impression that, that Fox is extending extending whatever responsibilities he wants to take into Ryan Pace's uh, territory, no. and uh, we didn't sense that again today. No, and I think it's, it's, again, as you say, Chris, we can't go behind the curtain or the closed doors, but I think you can tell, and I, I was sort of really watching the two of them, the chemistry, you know, the, the the ease with which they were talking. If something was amusing about each, they sort of would interject to each other. The comfort level was there. And I, well, we don't, again, we don't want to oversell, you know, mental or attitudinal things. If there's a problem between those two, there's a problem within the organization. There's a problem with this football team. We've seen too many teams, if the coach and the GM start to fray, it's going to be a disaster. And I really was looking at that today. Um, they have their areas of influence I don't. Th- I think Fox does want some in- input on personnel, obviously, but every coach does. Sure. You know, as Bill mm-hmm. Parcells once said, "If I'm going to do the cooking, I want to pick the ingredients." <laughs> so, but but I know Ryan Pace. If if you know one thing about him, he is not. He's the 38 year old guy in, in an incredibly high level job in in this sport, and I have never seen or sensed anything from him where he thinks he's just the hot new guy. And there are some of those guys in the mm-hmm. NFL. Mm-hmm. So he is at absolutely. Uh, adamant about learning from John Fox. Great attitude. And again, people say, well, gee, he really wasn't Ryan Pace's first choice. Well, that's because Ryan didn't know he was going to be available. So when John Fox became available, that went right to the top of the list. And I think Pace made a very important statement in the hiring process where he went out there for the second interview. So it was a gesture of respect. And I do know between these guys, there is a very high comfort level. Let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the other potential talking points. Uh, He admitted Danny Trevathan may not be ready for the start of next regular season following that knee injury late. Um, Something that just kind of came up by surprise, but I guess it's something we have to think about. Um, I don't know if anyone was going to ask a question about Hironis Grassu, but it came up anyway. (laughs) But this opens some other possibilities uh, in terms of, uh, they said, putting the best five guys out there uh, provided they're all healthy at the start of mm-hmm. next year, and it opens up the question again, not shooting down the fact that Kyle Long is locked in at guard. Well, you, you know the old saying, Chris, you can never be too rich, too thin, or have too many offensive <laughs> linemen, as we all know that's that's very important. No, I think the um, there is some need, if you want to call it that, at tackle. They didn't get into evaluations of positions or players, um, but Kyle Long... <laughs> Again, he moved to tackle it, it, it last in the 15th season, a week before the season. And, oh, by the way, go block Julius Peppers right. and Clay Matthews. And then he got, actually ended up with a, an alternate to the Pro Bowl. 
not good by his standards, but mm-hmm. it tells you that he can play there. And he is such a team guy, Kyle Long, I'm speaking of, that he'll play wherever he wants. And I think if you give him more than uh, six days to get ready, I think they will have something, a guy who can play on the outside. And Cody Whitehair played a lot of left tackle in college. Now, he has surfaced as one of the best centers in the NFL in, in – uh, in the opinion of a lot of evaluators, so that's a, as even as Ryan Pace says, what a great problem to have. Mm-hmm. You know, so many teams are they're they're five players deep. Well, now if they have a guy like Bobby Massey somehow gets beaten out of tackle, that's not a bad thing. So they'll they'll have depth. I think the depth, you know, they didn't win this year, so obviously you can say well our depth wasn't enough. But it's very hard to find those guys, which is why sometimes like left tackles get drafted. Uh, you know, even higher than their grade. So I think that would be a wonderful situation for the Bears to find yeah, themselves be in. Yeah, it be interesting to watch during uh, minicamp yes. OTAs. You would think or if the they're, even, they're, even, yeah, if they're yeah. even thinking of making a move like that, not to put Kyle in that same kind of situation mm-hmm. he was forced to a couple years ago. The other thing is uh, minus 20 <laughs> turnover oh. ratio. And uh, this turnover of the roster has, has been so in-depth over the last couple of years. But Ryan Pace, just like... He couldn't pick the quarterback in every draft that he wanted to, even though he said that at his opening press conference. Mm-hmm. So one area he can't, couldn't address very much, although we tried to in the last draft. We'll have to see what the Halls and the Houston Carsons and the yeah. Bushes turn out to be. But, again, finding playmakers in the secondary now, would, uh, he certainly made it sound as if, if those guys, if he doesn't think those guys are on the roster and can develop that way. If they aren't on there now, he's going to go out and go chase some in the offseason. Yeah, I, I wouldn't rule out a, a cornerback at the third pick of the draft. You know, I think if the Bears were drafting last year, they might have taken a Jalen Ramsey, mm-hmm. you know, somebody like that, a, a cornerback, which can make your whole front seven better, just be, you know, we, we can send him out to cover the number one receiver and, and leave him alone. Um, but very clearly, I think John Fox even talked about that in, in the, the turnover and the constant in and out. Worrying about there was no Kyle Fuller this year. This guy they were counting on. Bryce Callahan was an emerging guy. Well, he was in and out of the lineup. And DeAndre Hall, well, they spent a fourth-round pick, had high hopes for him in and out of injury situations. So I think that, as Fox even said, that kind of contributed to the the ball hawking or the, the consistency, the continuity back there. And I, I even raised a point with him once that with a lot of young players, their focus is on their assignments first, as opposed to when, the, when Lovey Smith had Charles Tillman first guy makes the tackle, wraps up, the second guy comes in and strips the ball. Mm-hmm. On the Bears, the second guy in is maybe it's Deion Bush, and he's worried about his assignment, so he's not quite as aggressive. That's where turnovers come, and you're, you're absolutely right, Chris. That is a priority, getting those kind of guys in the secondary this draft. Well, they uh, certainly have an opportunity coming up, going down to Mobile in a couple of weeks, and mm-hmm. get firsthand experience with a lot of these players. Um, it, it's not a slam dunk. We know the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> yes. and Gus Bradley have been regular coaches down yes. there over the last couple of years, and it hasn't exactly uh, resulted in better yeah, than good, three and The good news is you're coaching the, uh, the <laughs> Senior Bowl. The bad news is you're coaching the Senior Bowl. Right, but uh, they have to make the best of it. And yeah. I think uh, at first they may have been grumbling a little bit about that, that prospect, but they're going to be down there anyway. Mm-hmm. So now they get an up-close look at some of the talent that's yeah. going to be available to them. And uh, I'm sure, Moon, you're going to try and – Figure out a way to get down there yourself. Oh, I do no. not want to be in Mobile, Chris. In <laughs> fact, I'm going to bring the whole family, darn it. <laughs> All right. That's going to put a wrap on this edition of our Bears Talk podcast. Again, subscribe, please, on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, or Google Play. Until we meet and talk again, whenever that will be. Probably sometime before Mobile, though. Always talk Bears. For our CSN Chicago.com Bears insider, John Millenall, and I'm Chris Bowden. Thanks for joining us here on our Bears Talk podcast.
Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So, do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.